This is a Hog Sports Network podcast. You're listening to The Game Changers, a podcast that highlights the success of female athletes across Northwest Arkansas and beyond. Here's your host, Ethan Westerman of the Hog Sports Network. Everyone, welcome into the Game Changers podcast. Today is Friday, November 3rd, and it's good to be back with you this week after a little break last week. Um, I promise you that me and you both wouldn't have heard me last week. Um, I just had a little sickness going on, had a sore throat, and yeah, I didn't want to hear myself. I promise you wouldn't have wanted to hear me uh, last week. It was just, uh, there's a little bit of that sickness going around right now. So um, yeah, good to be back with you though this week. Um, It's a great time to be back. I'm your host, Ethan Westerman. want to thank you for tuning in. Um, This is our last episode actually that we're going to record um, until March that we won't have a basketball game to talk about. The Arkansas women open their season Tuesday night at home against ULM. And then they'll play an elementary day game um, that Friday against Murray State. Uh, my neighbors told me that they already are expecting around 7,500 students in attendance. So if you add some regulars into the mix there as well, it could make for a really good crowd on Friday. But we've got some other women's basketball news to unpack today. Um, <clears throat> they had a media day yesterday with reporters, and we got to hear a little bit more on the Jersey Wolfenbarger situation. Uh, if you've been keeping up with it, reported it earlier this week that she's no longer with the team and she won't be with any D1 team this year um, because if she was to enter the portal right now to be recruited, she would have to miss the first semester of next year. So she doesn't want to do that. Uh, She's expected to enter the portal when it opens in March. And we just all want to wish her the best of luck wherever her next stop is. Um, Jersey's always been super uh, kind to me covering the team and has potential to be really great somewhere else. Um, You know, Mike Neighbors took ownership yesterday of the situation, said that they had a plan for her, and it just simply didn't work. Uh, When he recruited her out of high school, he had kind of a 10-year plan to guide her along in preparation to getting to Arkansas, then how her time would look at Arkansas, and then even beyond that in the WNBA. And it it just didn't pan out. Sometimes it doesn't. And, um, you know, sometimes people also just need a fresh start. So we still don't know all the details of the conversation they had. Mike said he'll always keep private things private. Um, but he did let us know that it was amicable, that it, was, um, it wasn't it was a hostile talk. So we wish Jersey all the best of luck, and we'll definitely be keeping up with her career. But in other news, um, I know how in men's basketball, some fans like to call the month of March Devo because of some of the things Devo Davis has done in the NCAA tournament. But I think it's fair for us to now start calling November Hale because of what the soccer team does here. Uh, Colby Hale has the Razorbacks rolling again right now, and they'll be playing in the SEC soccer team tournament championship on Sunday against Georgia. Uh, The Razorbacks won a thriller last week at home over Mississippi State. Uh, B. Franklin scored a goal with less than five minutes to play. It broke a scoreless tie, and it gave the Razorbacks an outright SEC regular season championship and the number one seed for the tournament. Um, And then they got to extract some revenge in their first game of the tournament. They dominated Auburn 4-0. Auburn was the lone team to beat the Razorbacks in the regular season, so you know that one had to probably be pretty sweet for the Razorbacks, uh, you know, getting that revenge. And then they followed it up with a hard-fought 2-0 win over Mississippi State, so it was the second time Arkansas-Mississippi State played within a week. That was a top-20 matchup. Razorbacks played well, and now they await Georgia in the finals and will look to complete both a regular season and tournament championship sweep. So um, they're doing really well right now. The NCAA tournament will begin late next week, and we'll be giving this podcast kind of a soccer flair next week to preview that. Last thing to touch on uh, before we go to our interview, uh, the volleyball team. They had a historic win on the road at Florida uh, last Sunday. Um, It was the first time to ever win in Gainesville. They're 
really playing well right now, but they just kind of had a little bit of a letdown midweek at Georgia. They got swept by Georgia. It's hard to be on the road that long. They played, I believe, five or six consecutive road matches. Um, they, they, I think, just were kind of exhausted, both maybe mentally and physically, by the time they played Georgia here in the middle of the week. This is still a really good team. They're ranked number eight in the nation right now. They'll be home Sunday to face Mississippi State, and that'll be at 3 o'clock on SEC Network+. Plus. They have a real shot to maybe be the next Razorback team to win an SEC championship. So that's a team that you'll definitely want to continue um, to support and keep up with as they are really right now, that's just like they keep on every week kind of setting some new record in the program's history. They just are having kind of a one-of-a-kind year, and they have a lot, of, a lot of older players on that team that are playing with a chip on their shoulder in their final year. Well, on the other end of this break, I'll be joined by Arkansas women's basketball coach Pauline Love, so you'll want to stick around for that. You're listening to the Game Changers podcast. Get the latest breaking news on all Arkansas Razorback sports at wholehogsports.com. Our award-winning reporters and photographers go beyond game recaps to bring our subscribers the most trusted Razorbacks news anywhere. With expert analysis, the latest in recruiting, plus unique and compelling stories of your favorite teams. Subscribe today at wholehogsports.com. Like I said, super pleased to be joined today by Pauline Love, who is an assistant coach for the Arkansas women's basketball team. Pauline, thanks for taking time out of your day to do this. Yeah, thanks for having me. I was excited when you asked me. So anytime with you, it's always a good time. Hey, well, that's that's high praise over there. Um, so, yeah, just to get us started, I guess, talk a little bit about your job. What is it that you do? So obviously I'm an assistant coach at Arkansas. Um, I do have the title of recruiting coordinator, but it's funny because we all are kind of involved in the recruiting process. I just have the title of it. I'm just responsible for organizing the things, but we all play a part in including coach neighbors, uh, being a head coach in the whole recruiting process. So that's kind of, kind of my main job. And another main thing I do is just make sure the kids are taken care of. So. Well, to get recruiting in kind of your title, it means you got to be pretty good at it, I guess. Uh, <laughs> talk a little yeah, bit. It's, it's it's about building a relationship. I mean, I'm, I think I'm just okay with it, but I think I'm even better with building relationships. And uh, we always, one thing that always stuck out to me was uh, the authentic enthusiasm that one of the, one of, one of the things we use for the pillar of our program. Uh, I just, I'm always authentic with the parents and the players. So, yeah. So I want to take things back a little bit first though, and talk about your upbringings and your roots. Um, I know you're from, a tiny little town, aren't you? I am. Uh, a tiny little town out of northeast Arkansas, um, Luxor, Arkansas. It's in. The, it's so funny because it's in Mississippi. We call it Mississippi County. I'm surrounded by. Uh, I mean, other small towns, Osceola and Blyville. Um, but yeah, small country town, corn and cotton fields. That's all you're gonna get. That's it. No stoplights, corn, cotton fields, and maybe uh, a corner store, and that's that's it. So talk a little bit about how did that shape you, I guess, that upbringing and, um, you know, how you, I mean, it's, you don't hear many people who come from like a, a small town like that and make it to where you are now. Just, I guess, we talk about how that, that town shaped you. So it's so funny because it's all about, it was, for me, it was all about family. Uh, I, I, I saw no difference. Um, we'll get to this in a minute, but the only difference I saw is when I went off to college and I saw how everybody else was living because how I lived there, it was perfectly perfectly normal to go borrow 
some food or borrow sugar or do all the things in this small little town because we were all family. Um, and everything we did in that town, we celebrated. So all the things that I went through there was normal, was normal to me. And being that my mom has like 15 other siblings, I come from a big family. I was raised with three other, uh, three other siblings. I have a twin sister, um, a younger sister and a younger brother. And my twin sister has eight kids, all boys, uh, two sets of twins. And so I say that to say, I come from a ginormous family. Um, it's probably 18, it's probably like 1200 people in the little small town of Luxora. And I'm telling you about eight to 900 are probably my first cousins or siblings. Oh my goodness. So, so uh, what was, I'm sure there was a little bit of competitiveness there, you know, growing up. Uh, were you the best athlete out of you? Absolutely. I don't care what anybody says. I was, I actually, I was the first to make it out, first to go to college, all of the things, but I wouldn't be who I was today if it wasn't for my cousins pushing me. And I always play with the guys. Um, if I played with the girls, it was just easy. I was always the one to like, I have to tone it down because I would just beat everybody. But like those guys in my hometown just made me better from my cousins to my classmates. Cause we were all, we would play from literally on the weekends. If we didn't have school from seven o'clock in the morning, all the way until the lights went out. Oh my goodness. And so we would just play all day. So growing up, I guess, with that many siblings and uh, you said mom is a big part of your life. Uh-huh. Well, just like, um, I guess, how important is family to you? Uh, it's very important. I would give them anything uh, for my family. Um, my mom, my, now my mom was a, a baller. Uh, she was a basketball player until she got pregnant with us. <laughs> but like I said, family is all I knew. Um at all of my, I can tell you right now, like some of my aunties, I can still, I can call like my mom because they took care of me all the way up from when I was young, all the way until like today. We still talk all the things. They you tell me stories about when I was younger, what I used to do, because I don't remember a lot of that stuff. But like, I'm telling you, everything we did, every holiday, every, if there was a birthday, if Christmas, we celebrated it. And that right there, I, you can't like, you can't put a price tag on that. And we're still close to this day. I, there's not very many times that I remember like that was any family drama. Because if it was, we just threw a party about it. <laughs> and that's just how that worked. <laughs> Do you take any part of that, like kind of that family feeling that you grew up with into, you know, recruiting and then welcoming in players into the program? Absolutely. Because a lot of these parents want want to feel comfortable with a staff that knowing that like if I send my child off, especially if it's somebody that's further away, if I send my child to the staff, will they be taken care of? Will they be treated like family? And I think the answer to that is absolutely. And I can speak for everybody on this staff. Well, we coach neighbors did a really good job with putting <laughs> our assistant coaching is this coaching staff is just so different. Like Lacey is different than me. Todd is different than me. Like Coach Neighbors is different than all of us. And he put all of us together. And I think it just, it works out. You have that, you have the favorite auntie, you have the motherly figure, you have the uncle that might get after you, but is going to love you at the same time. We have all these different kinds. And that's why I feel like a lot of our players feel so comfortable and they they feel like they can be themselves. And also you have a different 
like a different crew would go, go talk to Lacey about stuff. They would come to me or they would go to Ty and they would go to Coach Neighbors. It's just, it's just kind of how it is. That's why we've been together for seven years and we get along so well and we know which players is going to come to who. So it's just, it's kind of like that, like I said, like that family atmosphere here. And I'm sure it also helps that you were a player yourself. Um, pretty yes. successful player yourself. Yes. You're in several Hall of Fames. Will you talk about, um, you know, beyond uh, high school, whenever you entered college and your basketball career from there, kind of walk me through it. So what's funny is I didn't really know. I knew I was a really good player because people would say it all the time. And I, I would never say I was like bad because in my mind, I was like, oh, I know I'm a good player, but nothing really mattered. I just wanted to play basketball. And so when I got recruited, uh, Coach McNillis, who's at Southern Miss now, um, I'm going to just give a shout out to her real quick because she's actually on her second battle of uh, lung cancer right now. Um, so she's struggling with that a little bit, but I know she'll she'll make it through like she did the first time. So just shout out to her. But she recruited me the hardest. And back then, like it wasn't I was going for I mean, Remember, I come from a family like atmosphere. So I was going to go with whoever was, I was comfortable with. Um, and I didn't realize out of high school, I was one of the top players in the country. I had no idea because I didn't care. And at the time, Coach McNillis uh, was the head coach at Memphis. And I was like, oh, this is perfect. Memphis is an hour and some change from my house. This is great. I don't have to be away from my family. So I immediately, like, I verbaled to her at Memphis. And once I did that, probably a week after, she just called and told me, like, hey, this is very unfortunate, but, you know, I have to go to Mississippi. I have to be close to my parents are getting older. I have to go take care of them. This was in 2004. So it was a year before I was, it was my junior year. And she's like, and she said, that. I was like, oh, okay, well, when do we, so do I have to, I got to go to Mississippi now. It wasn't even a thought. I just followed her to uh, Southern Miss. And ever since I went, ever since then, I mean, I just, a lot of, I did have to take a detour a little bit, uh, but Southern Miss, Coach Manila, she, she took care of me. She made me feel comfortable. And like I told you before, this is where things got real for me uh, because I told you I kind of lived in this bubble in Northeast Arkansas because that was normal to me. They're like, if you were like, you didn't have a lot of money, it was okay. Well, then I go to Southern Miss and I see all my teammates moving all this stuff into the dorm room. And I'm like, what is going on? And all I had uh, and all my family could afford was to put me on a Greyhound bus with a duffel bag and a comforter. That's all I had. And I had some like an iron in there because that's for my my granddad got me that from graduation. But all this was in a duffel bag. And then my comforter set, it was a queen size comforter. I never forget a whole bunch of flowers on it. And I thought this was like luxury. I was like, okay, I got a comforter. I got, I'm going to have a bed. I'm going to have a little roommate. This is going to be great. And I get there and I just, I just exploded. Like I was so embarrassed uh, because their family was there and they were moving in refrigerators, all the things. And I just, I remember walking in the dorms and walking out and I was like, I can't, I can't do this. There's no way I can make it through this. I'm not, this is not me. And well, what Coach Manila's did, she made me feel so comfortable. And I know, she, and now that I know I'm 36 now, I know she got the team together and said some like, she's not used to this, all the things. And they, my roommate, Kendra Reed at the time, did a great job with saying, talking to me and saying, hey, whatever I have in here is yours too. So 
the TV is yours. We, we're going to share this. The refrigerator is yours. We're going to share all of the things. And at that moment, I knew like, okay, this just might work. And mind you, I was so homesick. It was not good. And I tried to, I ran away. I tried to get a booster. I told a booster we were on break, so I need to go to the bus station. I was used to the bus station trick because I've been there. And by the time he went to go in there and get a ticket for me, he called my coach. <laughs> And that was not good. It was just not, not good. Again, I'm so used to my family that I didn't want to be away from them. But if it wasn't for her sticking, sticking it out with me, I don't know if I, honestly, I don't know if I would have made it. So with all that being said, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't know I had to go to all these classes and also play basketball. I was told that I was just going to play basketball. Why do I have to go to like school? Then this 18, I'm 18 years old. I don't want to go to all these classes. I just want to play basketball. So I say that to say I did not go to class. I went to, I turned in all my work, but I didn't go to class because all I wanted to do was play basketball. Well, I got myself in a hole to where I was academically ineligible. And that's when Jones Junior College came into play. And I was so excited about it because they told me, oh, you don't have to sit out. Like you can just go play basketball, but you still have to go to school. I said, no problem. No problem. It was a smaller, uh, a smaller campus. It was Sandra Summer all the time. And I'm telling you right now, that woman is like, whoa, she was tough. She was tough. But I, the good thing about that is I was able to play. So I was there from 2006 to 2007. I was only there for a year. And then that's when I came back to Southern Miss. So, and it just, it just went from there. Talking about just kind of that persistence of a coach to not give up on you, um, I guess, how is, I'm sure that you've taken some of her influence and tried to maybe model that a little bit. Um, I guess, how do you see her impact um, on you now impacting how you treat the, the, the young ladies who come to play for the Razorbacks? Well, I just tell them too, like, because even throughout the career, even at Jones and then the three years I was, I was at Southern Miss, it was hard. Um, things are a lot different now. Um, I tell them all the time the things that we had to do when I was in college. But one thing I always done because I knew she cared about me is my loyalty to her. And and I never steered away from going somewhere else because it was hard. And I used that. I use it now with our kids when things are hard and I get times are different now, but I just give them this authentic. This is what I went through. I played at every level from elementary to junior high to high school to junior college. To college, the four year institution to the WNBA until playing international. I've been through it all. So it's easy. And in the sense that kids have respect for that, they have respect for you. It's like, oh, you did this. Yeah, this happened. And this is how you went through it. And I and I would tell anybody to this day, what got me in this position and what will continue to put me in a position to thrive is just a loyalty to the program that I'm at at the time and still my loyalty to uh, Southern Miss and Coach McNillis. So I kind of instill it in them. Like, And sometimes it just doesn't work out. Things just doesn't work out. But I, I can sit there and have that hard conversation with them when things are hard and say, hey. And they can re and and they respect that. So it's kind of like, I, like I said, it's easy for me to talk to the kids because I just give them that authentic uh, conversation, and we just go from there. So talking about that detour that you had to Jones College, I mean, now you look at Arkansas women's basketball the past um, 
five or six years, you had Alexis Tolfrey come through who she yeah. spent time at Jones College. And now Carly Keats, a newcomer, mm-hmm. she spent time at Jones. Just what's kind of that relationship like, kind of, I guess, the maybe the Jones, like almost fraternity, just of like you were all yeah. a part of that. Um, I've been knowing Missy Bilderback since she was a high school coach. Always had a close relationship. And I, she was a high school coach. I was an assistant coach at the time at uh, Southern Miss. So we always kept that t- connection. But the bigger connection is assistant coach Lauren Pittman. Uh, Lauren Pittman was my college teammate. And it's so funny with her. And when we go back to the college days, she kept me out of a lot of trouble. Even at Jones, if I wanted to go to Hattiesburg on the weekends, because Jones was probably about 30 minutes away uh, from Hattiesburg, she would just come get me. She would come get me and make sure I was back on campus before my curfew. And so in a sense, like she took care of me, even even on the court. She's so good when it comes. Her basketball IQ is something you've never seen. There were times where we would get in this huddle and Coach Manillas would draw these plays. I have no idea what she's talking about. Like, because I'm paying attention, I'm hearing her, but my ADD would kick in on a thousand because I don't know what was happening. But I would go to Coach Pittman and I would say, Lauren, like, what is she talking about? She said, and Pitt would be three plays ahead. She was like, she would say, tell me, hey, this is what's going to happen. This is what you need to do. And every since then, I'm like, oh, I'm listening to her. Because she was like three plays in. I'm like, how are you doing that? All I had to do was go out and get a bucket. She just showed me how to do it. And this is when you when you shoot this and you get your point, this is what you need to do next. So it just so and we just always had that relationship, me and Lauren. And we've both been through a lot um, in our collegiate careers. And I think that what made us closer because I'm actually really close to her parents as well. And so every time that I was back at home and even to this day, if she had a kid at Jones, she's like, hey, P, we got this kid. You need to come watch. That's that's what happened with with Keats. And she was like, hey, she's going to be under the radar kid. No one really knows her, but she's Arkansas caliber kid. And it's so funny because I went back for the Hall of Fame deal and I seen Keats. They were coat. They were they were actually practicing at a high school. I think it was at West Jones High School. And I finally walked in there. I'm hugging everybody and I see Keats over on the side basket just doing moves. And I'm telling you instantly, I thought of Amber Ramirez. I was like, oh, my gosh, she's like Amber Ramirez from the shot, the swagger, how she walks, how she even talks sometimes when she does talk. <laughs> but I'm just like, oh, this kid is perfect. And that's kind of how that little connection started. Does it help? You know, I mean, I assume Jones College is kind of off the beaten path for anybody who kind of goes. There. I know Alexis Tolfrey, for sure. It was a big part of her. Uh, mm-hmm. getting Arkansas. Is it? Does it help, you know, having that experience, you know, that you can relate. You're like, yeah, I didn't ever plan on going there, but there I was and look at where I am now. Yeah, absolutely. Cause I'm telling you right now, that was the best time I've ever had in my college career is being at Jones. And that was to me, I had to learn a hard lesson when I went to Jones because I got kicked out of a four year institution because I wouldn't go to class, but that could have been the best thing to help. And it, it will humble you being at a JUCO will humble because you're going to travel everywhere by bus. You're you you're gonna eat at uh, Piccadilly. You're gonna, you're gonna eat at places like that. But again, that was normal to me because of where I come from. So coming from that to Arkansas, and I tell our these kids all the time, like you have no idea what's out there. And Keith's kind of talk about it a little bit because they always say, "Oh, we." Ain't, she always says, "In oh, we ain't doing that at Jones. Oh, we ain't get that at Jones." So junior college will uh will humble you a little bit, but I'm telling you, it helps you on your path 
um, to success because it's just like I've been there, I've done it, I know how it is. And you, and you referenced um, Missy Bilderback, the coach that's she was at Jones College for the past, I believe, seven or eight. I think it's eight yep. years. Um, and now she's at ULM, who Arkansas opens with um, yep. on Tuesday. Just kind of what's that like? You know, you know, just having so much Jones flavor going into that that matchup. And you know, how do you think that it impacts her having she was a coach for, like you said, the team that you're stopping at? wherever on the side of the road on the way to busting your way to the game. How do you think that probably impacts her uh, as a first-year coach now on the D1 level? Well, I'm telling you right now, I think they're going to come in with a lot of confidence because of who they got transferred in. But being in those practices when I was recruiting a couple of players from Jones throughout the years, they're going to be ready. Um, they're going to they're be that rah-rah, let's go. Coach Pittman is going to have them up and ready. And it's going to be a little different will be a little different from Missy because they had a they had a powerhouse at Jones. They didn't lose very many games. Um, but they're gonna come in here, they're gonna instill the confidence in those kids and the stuff that they run. I just I can see it now and how what they're gonna do. They're just gonna have fun. They're just gonna play. I can see the speech right now. Let's have fun, let's play, let's be good teammates to each other. And that's just <laughs> that's how they're gonna roll up in here. They don't care who they're playing. It could it could be UConn, Arkansas, it does not matter. They're going to have Pitt and um, Missy are going to have that team. They're going to have that team ready. So let's talk a little bit about this year's Arkansas team. Mm -hmm. uh, I know that there's just a lot of depth um, on the court right now, just a lot of talent that the, that the staff has invested in. What do you think about the team? Uh, what are you most looking forward to, I guess, with them? You know, it's so funny because with this team, when we're good, we're so good. It's like a, It's like that – We've we've never really had a team like what we have now. It's like when they're clicking together and they're playing together, it's really good. And we've been competitive, uh, especially when we go against each other. No one wants to lose. So, and I like the chirping back and forth with each other. But the good thing with this team is they don't take it off the court. It's it's literally like you're good, you're good, my bad, it's okay. And they're going to go eat dinner somewhere after practice. And I say that to say like. This team is just a just a little different. It's just when things happen, they know how to come together and everything is okay. Even in their lowest point, they might be, and I think it helps with Michaela Daniels being that super senior and she gets on that court and you can tell she's so motivating. She's talking. It's okay. You got this. That's my bad. And so, and there's a lot of that. And I'm encouraged with this team because that's a that's a really good feeling. That's kind of like that that first year or that second year when we had Dungy, Amber, and all of them just gelling together. And I think with this team, they got a, they got a little chip on their shoulders. I'm I'm excited. Awesome. Well, Pauline, thanks again for taking the time to do this. This was awesome. Really appreciate Anytime. it. Anytime. Anytime. Thank you, Ethan. Well, each week on the Game Changers podcast, we highlight an athlete who is a game changer. This could be something they're doing in their sport, in the community, in the classroom, just anything that's making them really a game changer. And this week, we have an athlete who's actually kind of doing all of the above with graduate midfielder B. Franklin of the soccer team. First of all, she is tied for a team high eight goals on the soccer team, so she's clearly a pretty good soccer player. She was midfielder of the year in the SEC 
And then also, you know, just kind of tacked on the end of the SEC's release this week is that she's also the co-scholar athlete of the year. So B. Franklin is not only excelling on the soccer field, but also in the classroom. And she's just, um, she's a fun player to watch. She's really aggressive out there. I know a lot of soccer players are, but she's just really fearless. She goes up and she will fight for any ball that's in the air. She's it's kind of funny. She's known for her headers. She's really good at heading the ball in, but she just wanted people to know this year that she can also use her feet to get a goal, and she's gotten several this year. I know she's been excited to prove people uh, wrong that she can't, that she doesn't only do it with her head, but she's clearly doing a lot with her head in the classroom as well. Uh, being a co-scholar athlete of the year while also being one of the top players in the league, um, just in the sport itself, is really impressive. So our game changer of the week is B. Franklin of the Arkansas soccer team. Well, folks, this has been another episode of the Game Changers podcast. I'm Ethan Westerman. I appreciate you listening in, and I'll see you at the same time next Friday. The proceeding has been a production of the Hog Sports Network. Look for our daily podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. For more Razorbacks coverage, go to wholehogsports.com or follow the Hog Sports Network reporters on social media.